Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Contact the best authorities. Check on anything that seems to be extraordinary, no matter what it is. When you see something that's frightening, it looms large in the consciousness. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition. The Boogie Monster, podcasting the unknown. Do it. Oh, yeah? You do it. No. You said you got a good, weird thing to talk about that happened in real life. Oh, okay. What well, happened in you your real life? immediately get into that? I mean, I just, like, <coughs> what, what, I mean, what do we need to do? Hmm? <clears throat> what do you want to do, formalities? Yeah. Let's... Okay. Hi, I'm <laughs> Kyle Kinane. This is Dave Stone. Together, we're the Boogie Monster. Curious about the unknown? We're your guys. Welcome, everybody. We just ate the fuck out of some ham. Oh, boy. That was surprise ham. Oh, old Rachel just had a bag of ham from Easter. Mm. And I've been, uh, yeah, I've been off the, I've been off that veggie truck for a while. I, 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 I fell off the turnip truck. I almost said literally, but that's not how you use that word. But I, I fell off, I did fall off the turnip truck mm. and fell onto the meat wagon. <laughs> from Chicago to New York to Philadelphia, I was eating them meats. Oh. Anything stick out as a memorable meat? <clears throat> Rachel's ham. Yeah. You just had some. Oh, boy. That was good. <clears throat> How could, Well, all right. So I went back to Chicago, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, if I'm going, I'm, I can't. Unless I visit like a couple times frequently, then I can skip my Portillo's and my Arturo's. I mean, they have much better restaurants, but that's the stuff I like to have. Uh-huh. Burritos that are just burritos. It's meat and then some cheese, lettuce, tomatoes in there. Mm-hmm. No rice and beans. No fucking around. Okay. So I had that and I had my Portillo's and then it was Easter and I went and had a, 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 a all-you-could-eat buffet at the zoo, at the Brookfield Zoo, which my cousin's husband Pointed out, he's like, I always feel kind of weird that we're coming to this place that's already kind of like an animal prison, and then we're just going to eat a bunch of them. And he's not vegetarian; he's uh, just he's just a he's a guy that's in tune with the world, mm-hmm. and I like him a lot. Yeah, but he's like, yeah, it's a little weird that we'll just gawk at some of these animals and even eat the rest of them. Yeah, zoo to table, all, all because Jesus. <laughs> and then I paid his kid twenty bucks to drink a mini bottle of ketchup. Did she do it? She tried. You can't. It's like the little ones. You really got to beat the shit out of them just to get the uh, the bottle, not the kid. But you get to, to get the to get the catch about. But like the fact that she was out like trying, she's uh-huh. kind of like sticking her tongue in it. She was willing to, so that was enough. And I can't. I don't know how I got talked. To. I was started at five. What you got to do is you got to take that first hit, get yeah. a little bit of it out of the bottle, then put some water in there, shake it up like a like well, a ketchup smoothie. I'm glad she didn't have that information. On that end, I was about to be like, get it out of there with a spoon. Let's see. I paid 20 bucks to see that bottle gone. But, you know, when we force a little kid to eat the ketchup. I, Did you give her the money? Yeah, I got the cash. <laughs> then somebody sc- And then somebody else scammed her out of money, too. She got another 20 out of it because I think somebody gave, like, gave her money to tip. Like, oh, it'd be cute if a kid tips our, our buffet server. Uh-huh. And I think she snuck a 20 out of the tip. Really? Yeah. Five years old, made off with 40 bucks on Easter wow. Sunday. Just pure hustle. Wow, a little hustler. Pure hustle on, like on, on Jesus' second birthday. Good for her, Not man. that he, Jesus turned two, but born again. You know, whatever. <laughs> However Easter worked. Well, welcome back, man. You've been out for a couple <clears throat> weeks. Yeah. You have about 10 days on this one. Yeah? It went well? Yeah, it was a good run. Big thanks to everybody that came out to the shows in New York and yeah. Philadelphia. 
Big thanks to the people who the, the gentleman in the front row in Philadelphia who yelled out concern for you. Oh yeah, what did he say? Just in the middle of the show, he just goes, "How's Dave doing?" I'm like, "I guess we'll address this." <laughs> oh, he heckled you, not heckled, but he interrupted. To interrupted the I show was... and to ask how you were doing. Oh, I'm sorry. And I was that's not your fault. Yeah, you didn't. It's not your. It's like not like your presence turned people into assholes. Yeah, but if I was clearly doing well, he wouldn't have had to ask. And, well, I guess. But I then I got to say, I'm like, he's out of the van, and a good number of the audience was like, <gasps> it was it was news to them. Yeah. Well, I have. I, did, I didn't mean to blow your secret. Here. Yeah, that's I wasn't I, sure. I said it to kind of like quell that guy. Yeah, I was going to save it for a little bit, but hey, I'm officially, as, as of last Tuesday, I'm officially... Officially out of the van. Out of the van, dude. Yeah. It's only been... I wish we had fanfare. On this second administration, it's only been 438 days, but uh, yeah, out of the van, dude. So That's the... I'm... Dave, I'm proud of you. I'm... I'm you know, I figured I'm 40. It's time... To get serious. <laughs> Proud of you. Proud of you, dude. You deserve reggae horns. That's the best I can get on no, that's, short that's notice. Was it was a YouTube clip. That's Sorry about that. Uh, moved in with a lady. Yeah. And, uh, doing it all above board. I'm paying the rent. Not all the rent. I'm <laughs> paying my board. portion of the rent. She was trying to get me in a few months ago, and I was like, I'm not going to do it till I can mm. contribute, you know, pay half the rent, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, yeah. thanks to... Thanks to Patreon and all you guys' support, I'm, uh, the income's creeping up a little bit, and uh, finally able to get a roof. So up now, if you pull your money out, now there's a there's a life at stake. <laughs> now you'll actively make a homeless person if you uh, discontinue your support of the podcast. Oh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, very excited. Uh, just to kind of to recap, I, I lived in a van for two and a half years a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That was the old white van. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace. Got hit head on by a drunk driver. Do you ever na- you never name it? You ever never name it. Never could come up with the right name. I don't name my cars. Yeah, I just you know I felt like I should have, but it just it wasn't. I didn't want to force it, and I organically never yeah. came up with a good name. So I lived in that van for uh, just over two and a half years, and uh, then I, I got a place for about a year. Then I moved in with Ryan Singer for about a year, and then uh, for the last four hundred some days, I'd been uh, in in the minivan, and uh, now mm-hmm. now yeah. I'm a Regular uh, resident of Silver Lake, California. You got two keys on that king ring now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got a couple different keys. You got to sort out your keys. But yeah, man, it feels good. It feels weird. <laughs> House keys and car keys are different. I, I'm still kind of feral, you know. But uh, peeing in her plants. Yeah, I'm, you know, just uh, what you doing? <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm I'm institutionalized. Reaching you know? reaching under the fridge for crumbs. What are you doing? I'm like uh, I'm like Brooks in uh, Shawshank. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang myself now. Washing. Uh, Washing your socks in the toilet? What are you doing? <laughs> no, it does feel weird, though. So it feels weird uh, not to have to plan my uh, bathroom visits. Yeah, you, you know? get to shit whenever you want. Yeah, I can. <clears throat> oh, man. Just, it's just there all the time, you know? So I do know. That's exciting. I've lived like that my whole life. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> she's got her own shower. That's cool. I don't have to go to the Y to shower. So, one, yeah. ba- one bathroom, right? One bathroom. So, uh, you know. But, are you going to get over this if you've got to pee and she's in the shower thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I just—I mean, there's a plastic bottle sitting around. That's what it's for. I mean, I, I would hate to see you blow this opportunity because yeah, you're still peeing in cups. What happened to uh, Dave? Well, he was a sweet guy, but uh, just—he's an outdoor cat. <laughs> Once an outdoor cat, always an outdoor cat. Oh, every morning I bring dead squirrels home <laughs> in the kitchen. He'll come in for a meal and some snuggling, but he just gotta live. He's gotta live out there in the trees. <laughs> he's gotta be out there in the dirt. Hunt. Uh, He's a hunter. 
Speaking of outdoors, and, speaking uh, oh, which. first night I'm over, the first night I'm moving in. All right, she's got a little, uh, got a little balcony in the back, and uh, <clears throat> her her apartment's in the back of this property, and uh, so we're hanging out in the balcony. And I, I kid you not, uh, we hear some rustling, uh, kind of. It's hard to explain, but like mm-hmm. the back of her building looks into the rear parking lot, and then above that, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of on the side of a hill. So way up above that is like the next neighborhood. There's a street yeah. you can get up over there, and uh, there's a power pole. There's a telephone pole mm-hmm. or a power pole. Uh, you know, probably from her patio, I would say thirty yards away. Yeah, and uh, kind of right in front. And this is about ten o'clock at night. It's it's dark, and uh, I hear some rustling up in the tree. And it's dark. There's no lights around, but I could barely make out that uh, some dude with climbing equipment, like with uh, like ma- mountain yeah. climbing gear, with like a re- what do you call it, a rappel, uh, like rappelling gear. Yeah, you know, uh, with the ropes and everything, climbing up in this power pole. Which you know, really, you think during the day, you like your standard workers. wood one, not like the big four post giant. I couldn't tell if it was cement or wood, but it was a one pole. Okay. Um, but all right, and so dude, I could barely see him because there's no lights right. But d- he was climbing up this power pole with all the gear in the dark, no headlamp, no flashlight, no nothing. Oh, so <clears throat> and he's up there like clanking around and doing shit, getting and, out a uh, legal cable. You think that's what he was doing? I told you that's what my buddy used to do. Yeah. I told you that, right? And put the hard hat on the orange vest. Somebody yeah. thought yeah. he worked for the cable company. Well, I just thought it was weird. This is a riskier. Yeah. Doing it at night and with no lights. Like, you know, if it was a utility worker. No, that's suspect. A, a county worker, he'd be up there. Even if, <coughs> even if he had to go do something what? at night, he'd have a headlamp or a flashlight or something. Well, and that's like if you have to do something at night, that's a real emergency. Mm-hmm. Power wasn't out or nothing. No, power wasn't out. And... uh I just thought it so suspicious that he himself had no lights. Like, he didn't want to try to watch him attention. for a while. I watched him for like 30 minutes. Just up there. I couldn't see him too well, but I could see. He was like Rick Dukeman a- in the burbs when he's going to go disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to Rick Dukeman, but he was real funny in the burbs. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Guy, great character. Good stand up. Yeah. Um, so that was weird. And no. Like, you don't know what was going on? I mean... I stayed out there and, you know... And then he would get, like... He would be, like, real silent and quiet and, like, uh, uh, still. Like, he'd, he'd, he'd screw around. You'd hear, like, tools, like, metal on metal clanking around. And then there'd just be nothing for, like, five minutes. And then five minutes later, you'd hear a little... That something. feels like it's some real FBI wiretapping sneaky shit. That's what I felt like. That's the only thing I could deduce that it could be. You just stand down there like, hey, man... And I don't know if he saw me, but we were both just out there, just like, just, just yeah. like a free show, just watching. Like, and we were being like, "Shh, be quiet." Well, I would have been like, "Hey, what's up? How's it going? You need any help?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. So That's suspicious behavior. It was very. What suspicious. time at night? What time at night? It's about ten or eleven. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's. Yeah, weird stuff. So that okay. happened. Maybe they're on to you. <laughs> Maybe they know he's moving indoors. We got to get a line on that. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, man, feels good to be indoors, uh, just like a normal person. So. Congrat! What that was ninety five degrees yesterday. I bet yeah. you enjoyed. Yeah, perfect timing. Yeah, good. Well, okay, congratulations, yeah, buddy. Man. It's good time. We're all. I'm sure we're all proud of you. I speak <laughs> on behalf of all the listeners. We're very proud of you. But yeah, man, had had a good week. Um, Easter went out to Pioneer Town. 
Yeah, um, Pioneer Town and Joshua Tree. Yeah, for those who don't know the area, uh, near Joshua Tree, kind of. I guess that's what desert would you call that? That's not the Mojave, is it? Yeah, that's Mojave. Yeah, desert. Mojave yeah. Desert. And uh, just went out there just for the heck of it. Right uh, next to Pappy and Harriet's yep, legendary we, music venue. We stayed at the motel that was literally on the property of Pappy yeah. and Harriet's. So yeah. that was cool. It's just a cool little, just your old classic, you know, one-story motel, but they've kind of redone it to make it kind of look like log cabins or something. Yeah. And uh, literally, you know, 20 yards from Pappy and Harriet's, and they had a cool uh, live cover band. And... Uh, they were playing kind of out on the little patio thing, so yeah. we could ju- we just sat on our little porch and and just listened yeah. to the band. You walk through a little Wild West town next yeah, to it, that little Wild West town. There's a movie and, set, a little movie set Wild West town. I forget yeah. who, what, which actor built it out there to mm. make movies, and then they just kind of left it. Bowling yeah. alley still out there. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And uh, went uh, went uh, UFO hunting. Like yeah. at two in the morning, just uh, what that means. Just, just sat outside. Just sat outside. Yeah, 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 I know what it means. Um, but also heard a bunch of coyotes at like uh, three in the morning. We're still up messing mm-hmm. around, and I hear like a dozen coyotes. It yeah. seemed like right outside our back window, and I was, <laughs> I literally was like, "I'll be back in a minute, honey." Time to time yeah. to show them. And I went out there and uh, <clears throat> time to fulfill a dream. I couldn't find them. But that, they, yeah, I, I was I was down. I've camped out there, and that's an eerie an eerie feeling where you hear them. Before I was even used to coyotes. Now I see them on the street here, and I'm like, I get it, they're around. But <clears throat> when you don't know about them, and they're just they just get lumped in. You know, uh, you know when you're just a suburban idiot, mm-hmm. and they just get lumped in with wild animals, roaming free. And you're in a tent, and you hear a howl that's like far away. Yeah. And a few minutes go by, and then you hear a howl, and it's a lot closer, and you're yeah. like, Oh, they're coming for me. Yeah. You know. It's a weird thing about being in a tent. It's like this idea that this is my shelter. Yeah. But then if you hear something right outside, it's the scariest thing. Like, oh yeah, you want to get through this piece of fabric that mm. I'm that I, I holds <laughs> all my security is like in this, you know, parachute pants that I've opened up over myself. <laughs> I love that desert, baby. Yeah, man, it was a good time. Good time out there, and uh, yeah, just had a good week uh, this week. Uh, went did, to a- did you do the hot springs out there at all? I did not. Where are they? In are they you know what? I don't know if I still. I had a Xerox copy map that was a hand drawn map mm-hmm. when uh, years and years ago I went out there with a with a ex lady friend mm-hmm. and stayed at stayed at the Pioneer Town Hotel and this map was like we're parking on some and some guy with a sort of a Rangers like park Rangers hat on but then just a t shirt like it wasn't he was just in a booth on some desert land he's like yeah this is private property but you can park here I'm supposed to tell you you can't be down there past night but it was real loose like he, I, he was not sanctioned huh. like I think he killed a park ranger and stole yeah. his outfit probably. And we hiked down there, and we got there's a real cold creek. It was like November when we went to get to these hot springs. And the girl I was dating was like, yeah, we'll just take our clothes off now. I'm like, all right, we just leave our clothes on this side of the cold creek and then just go naked. There's people over there. She's like, yeah, whatever. And it was. It was just a little nudie hippie. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I got stuck trying to go between one hot spring and another. It was a very narrow kind of narrow ledge and i was trying to like scoot across it and so i was facing the rock with my ass towards the hot spring and i was trying but then it got real slippery and i got stuck and so basically i was just like basically just starfished holding on to this boulder with my asshole just everything short of just pulled open for people for these hippies in the one hot in the lower hot spring because i was trying to get up to the other one and so just imagine the most splayed out 
position you can be trying to <laughs> scramble up a boulder while also nude. Huh. And it was just me apologizing. Like, I didn't want to slip. I couldn't just jump into the hot spring. I got like, and I just got stuck. And I was like, oh, I'm real sorry, everybody. And it was just... <laughs> And they were below it, so they were just looking up into my whole asshole. Oh, God. And that was a... Uh, anyway, so that's that's those hot springs. That's an awful story. Yeah, well... Hmm. That's... Uh, that's... You know, I remember... An uh, awful story that I remembered from my youth that I forgot was that I used to have something called sweaty sock syndrome. Mm-hmm. As a child, my feet would get dry and cracked. And mm-hmm. the solution, my pediatrician gave my mom formaldehyde. I had to sleep with, with my feet in sandwich bags with formaldehyde in them. That's fucked up, right? I just forgot about that and remember it recently. Oh, yeah, I used to have to sleep with sandwich bags filled with uh, uh, human preservatives. Huh. Like like my feet were dying. They zombified my feet as a How child. How did your feet stay in the bags? I put socks back on over the bags. Oh, okay. and So I just had to sleep like like weird crunchy feet for a while. And that did what? That kept your feet from sweating? I guess from dying. It's formaldehyde. It just preserves your flesh because I guess my flesh was dying on my feet. Anyway, a thing I remembered. Thought it might be fun to share. Yeah. Uh, what's about, what about yourself? Oh, I got to get this off my chest real quick. Get I'm, it out. I'm watching uh, – I started watching this series. I, I guess it's fairly new. I, I don't know. I guess it's been out for a few months, maybe a year on Netflix. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, you guys ever heard of Cheers? <laughs> no. Um, Manhunt, Unabomber. Have you seen this on Netflix? It's a uh, no. not a documentary series, but it's a scripted series about the Unabomber case. Okay, and uh, I've always been fascinated with that case. <clears throat> and it's it's a good show, but like it's one of those like tropes that I, I get so annoyed with with like anything like co- the the typical cop drama trope of like the young cop trying to do his job well, oh, yeah. and the sergeant keeps sh- shutting him down. Like, no, <clears throat> don't. Don't 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 track down that lead. You know, follow the protocol. We do it we by the books. And this is the worst example I've ever seen. I I get exaggerating things for dramatic effect and things like that. But all right, so and I, I got to research to figure out if this really happened or if this was just they were taking liberties with a script. Mm-hmm. But uh, long story short, they're they're hunting the Unabomber for seventeen years. Man hunting him. Yeah. They're man seventeen years they haven't caught this guy, you know, back then. You know, when they catch it. They caught him in like ninety seven, something like that. Anyway, so at the time, seventeen years they're looking for this guy. Uh, and the story of the of this show is about the uh, the FBI agent uh, who I think tracked him down, figured out yeah. where he was. And this guy was a profiler. So he did all the psychological profiling and uh, he kind of invented a new technique. What do they call it? Uh uh, linguistic forensics, where you know he would read letters and stuff that this guy wrote and tried to figure oh, out. Okay, his, so his, a little, a little like a mind hunter. Yeah, very similar to that, where he would figure out, you know, based on his style of writing and the yeah. the slang he was using, they were figuring out like regional dialect. Where it could be. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. <clears throat> so and it's it's a good story about this this young FBI agent who who finally found him. But so he comes on to the to the FBI. And they, they recruit him to come work on the Unabomber task force. They got hundreds of FBI agents working on this task force. They've been t- working for 17 years, haven't found this guy. And then finally, as you remember, uh, Unabomber released his manifesto, 56-page manifesto. Uh, I think originally was trying to get it published in the New York Times. I think I don't know if they, <laughs> I mean, they did it <laughs> or, the, uh, or the Washington Post. But anyway, <laughs> so they're hunting this guy. 
And then every before the manifesto comes out, every little lead that this uh, uh, main character tries to follow, his boss is like, "Nope, uh-uh, that's stupid. We're doing this over yeah. here." So finally, the guy really the Unabomber releases a fifty-six page manifesto. It comes into the office. Uh, I think the New York Times got it, and then they they forward it on to the FBI, and. Uh, <laughs> The dude is like, oh my god, this fifty six pages of clues. Like we get, and his boss like, we're not gonna read that shit. No, uh, don't. No, nobody. What the powers that be had no interest in reading the manifesto from the guy you've spent seventeen years hunting. I feel like that's bad television writing. I mean, I hope it. But I love the idea of a police chief who's like, we got a witness. No, you don't. Sir, we got to leave. Nuh-uh. He was nuh-uh everything. And like the guy's like, well, because they were too busy following a lead somewhere. Walking they- through police tape at every crime scene, yeah. wearing clown shoes, <laughs> touching everything. None of this is real. You don't need it. They had some weird little piece of evidence where like they found a piece of paper with the indention, like uh, not on that paper, but you could tell written on another piece of paper of like a guy named Nathan R. They found some piece of paper with the indention of, and they're like, "No, we're gonna figure out who this Nathan R. guy is." Mm. And the guy's like, "There's 56 pages. Like, he, it's from him. Yeah. Obviously, there's no mystery that he wrote this. Can we read it?" He's like, "Nah, don't worry about that shit. Follow our lead. Back to as Mulaney says, back to my hunch." But like, it was so frustrating. Like, you fucking idiots. I that I do agree that that's a tired. Like the young cops got the fresh eyes, and the old cops are see like. I mean, I'm not sitting here writing a new take on uh, a procedural police drama. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the old ah, no, we got. But it, I mean, it was the worst example of that of just, and there was two bosses. He had like his immediate supervisor, and then that guy's boss, and both of them just. Every every lead this guy had. Nope, uh, uh, we're doing it this way. The way that hasn't worked for 17 years, we're going to keep doing that. That's yeah, because one of these days it will work, and it'll prove to everybody this is why we do it. So anyway, uh, good show, but that one so last back. This is how dumb I am. Is Ted Kaczynski's not the Unabomber. Yeah, he is. He is? Uh-huh. Yeah, Ted Kaczynski. Is Oklahoma City also the Unabomber? No, that's Timothy McVeigh. But that's, they both had bombs. No, I, I <laughs> legit... Can't keep those things straight. Yeah, Kaczynski was the Unabomber, and Timothy McVeigh was the Unabombers went to – those went to he college mailed, professors. He mailed pipe bombs to college professors, to like oh, yeah. uh, computer industry folks. He was afraid of technology. Anti-technology. That's what guy. he was. Okay. He lived in a little bitty like 80-square-foot shack in Montana. And he was the guy. I remember people before – Joke Halloween costumes were a thing, and like tasteless Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. My buddy just going with the hoodie and sunglasses one year, like like the year it was like that was the drawing. That's a good out. Halloween costume. Yeah, and it was like ooh, perfect. Like in the early early days. I mean, as long as he's not carrying around a birthday cake that looks like a pipe bomb or something, you know. I don't. I don't think that's incredibly. Is that tasteless. how he delivered him birthday no, cake? No, I'm just saying if he had some prop that was supposed my to one be buddy. Him. Did I ever tell you a story about my buddy Brian, who's Filipino and showed up to an Italian Halloween party? Dressed as an Italian guy? I think so, yeah. What well, Refresh my memory. He just shook, so I was like, 
like with like the leather bomber jacket and like the red, white, and green sandwich hat and a, and a baseball bat because like they always beat the shit out of people with baseball bats. And he shows up. And it's my Italian friends throw the party, and he knew him too. But he shows up and he's like, "How the fuck you guys doing? Kiss my fucking ass! <laughs> you know, I, Italy's shaped like a boot because it kicks fucking ass." <laughs> and as soon as he walked in, we're like, "That's hilarious! You're gonna get the fuck out of here right now! They're gonna kill you! They're gonna use your bat to beat the shit out of Where's you." Where's your vinegar peppers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me, give me peppers. Give me a uh, give, what, what, sweet peppers. What's a sandwich? What is a pepper sandwich? I don't know. Pepper Pe- sandwich. That sounds good. Yeah, egg, pepper, and egg. Oh, Wait, peppers pep- and eggs. Pepper and eggs. Yeah, right? yeah. Come on, you're the Sopranos. Well, yeah, man. but you left out the egg part. I just thought it was a sandwich full of peppers. Well, I just couldn't oh, remember the second ingredient. That sounds pretty good. But yeah, apropos of nothing. Uh, Unabomber, Manhunt, good show. But God, ugh, I, I got to do some research to figure out if that's if they literally like the bosses had no interest in reading. The fifty-six page manifesto. Just nah, that's a lot of that's a lot of words. I ain't got time. How do you get Unabomber? Just uh, they explained it. Uh, university and uh, it was some acronym. Like uh, yeah, it meant because originally he was sending them to universities and then something to do with an A and they just Unabomb. So, yeah. That's <laughs> not Uni Unibomber. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a fascinating case though, man. Is uh, you know I don't I don't know enough about it. Oh, he's a child prodigy. Yeah, the went dude was co- smart. Went to, went to Harvard at Harvard. 16. Yeah, smart dude. But, uh, oh, and then I, I'm assuming this is true. But like Smart in, doesn't mean safe. In the show, uh, and I, I guess this is true, but he was, there was like a scene. University and airline bomber. Like his uh, inter- internal monologue, he was just talking about, I'm 53 years old and I'm still a virgin. Well, all right. Oh, Maybe nobody. you got to get out and mingle a little bit there, buddy. Maybe you just need a Una blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe living at a shack isn't going to do the best for you. But yeah, I mean that whole concept of well, I mean just like what happened in Austin a few weeks ago, just oh, mailing bombs. That's that's terrifying. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Was Kaczynski part of the? He was part of MK Ultra, they think. Oh, really? I didn't. I don't know about that. Yeah. It was saying he was an undergraduate at Harvard. He was a research subject in an ethically questionable experiment conducted by psychology professor Henry Murray. Uh, I wonder. One of I don't know if it was Kaczynski or it had to be Kaczynski because he was of that age. He was in the same age as that time when uh, MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. That's what that Wormwood is on Netflix. Oh, that's really? About the MK, like I haven't seen that yet. One of the scientists that. Uh, he like jumped out a window and people were like, oh yeah, he killed himself. But it's like, no, because they, that was when the government was just giving people acid and see what it would do to people. Wow. And he freaked out, you know, jumped out a window, killed himself. And it was, I started watching it and watched the whole thing. Hmm. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, we got, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. What's what's uh, anything cheerful outside of bombs and? <laughs> I mean, you're living in a place now. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. All, it's, it's good news. These are good news. We got good news. Feeling good, man. Back indoors. It's warm out again. Like a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's, it's warm out. Hot. You got AC. We're living like real people. What are we gonna talk about now that you don't live in a van? Oh man, I don't know. We'll have to come up with something. Yeah. What about? Uh, yeah. What's? Where's the? This is gonna put a dent in our uh, subject matter. <laughs> well, now I got more time to to hunt coyotes, and you're in the right neighborhood for yeah. it. Keeping the neighborhood safe. Mm-hmm. I want to put you. I want to put you on the next door app as a coyote hunter. Mm-hmm. Like take out ad space. Like mm-hmm. I'll just get a shot of you, 
don't go sexual with this. I'm thinking shirtless with like bandoleros, Dave Stone Coyote Hunter. Uh-huh. And we'll just we'll just advertise it as you uh ethically dispose of them. And that's ambiguous. Nobody knows what that means. <laughs> you know, maybe you choke them out, sleeper hold, yeah. and then inject them with mm-hmm. a, with a serum. Yeah. You know, ethically <laughs> ethical coyote disposal. Dave Stone's ethical coyote disposal. Oh, oh, that's I just some you know somebody listen will put together some but somebody knows Photoshop. I like it. Put that up, and I'm gonna I'll put it on the next door app for your neighborhood. <laughs> oh, that's good. Fuck, just to see the responses of people. What does ethical mean? It means don't worry about it. <laughs> it mean it means they won't even know that they're not coyotes anymore. Yeah. It means don't worry about it. Coyote, coyote domestication. Mm-hmm. That's you. you. Coyote domesticator. Yeah. You like that one? That's Caesar Milan of coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, love the idea. I just love the idea you just out there trying to talk to him first. I'm like, well, it escalated. I'm f- <laughs> I'm fascinated by him. I literally, that wasn't hyperbole. I heard a whole pack right outside a room, and I was like, I'll be right back. I just wanted to go look at him, you know? Yeah, watch him go eat that cat from the missing poster. <laughs> oh, that always bumps me out. I can't. Anywhere in L.A., missing cat, nah. That bumps me out. You, I, uh, you don't have a cat. I walk around the reservoir in Silver Lake when I'm sculpting my body. and uh, <laughs> like uh, That's where I live. That's their home. Near, near the dog fence. park. Yeah. Near the dog park, they've got uh, just dozens of lost cat, lost dog. Your like, cat yeah. is fucking gone. He's in a he's in a coyote's belly. Your cat's gone. Well, should we get into it? Yeah, I reckon. Well, I got a good one for you today, buddy. I'm very excited about this topic. I feel like I got to redeem myself from uh, Boyd Bushman. You know, I got I got a little overzealous with his story, and uh, when I was reading into it, I was like, oh. Okay, so this is technically just hearsay. This is third-hand accounts. I got a similar yeah. story. Well, all right. However, this is first-hand account from this guy. Okay. All right. I stumbled across a dude named Charles J. Hall. Charles J. Hall, he's uh, – I forgot. Uh, is he a, he's, he's got a master's degree now in physics or he's an astrophysicist or mm. – I don't know. One of those We've scientists. just established with Kaczynski. Yeah. You could be smart and mm-hmm. still be crazy. True. But there's dozens of uh, interviews with this guy. He's written four books. He's got a book series called the Millennial Hospitality Series. And uh, what it is, dude, and he's, he's a real soft-spoken kind of nerdy guy. He doesn't seem like a verbose, loudmouth, hey, I'm making this shit up because I need attention. He's like a real nerdy, soft-spoken dude. But and All right, so he's about 73 or something now. But in 1964, um, he enlisted in the Air Force. And uh, a year later, he was stationed at Nellis Air Force Base in Indian Springs, Nevada. That is now known as Creech Air Force Base. Same Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they changed the name. But uh, I think maybe you even pointed out, I think Nellis might have had something to do with old Bigelow. Uh, I'm looking it up. I think uh, Bigelow was doing something out there. But anyway, it's just uh, a few miles northwest of Vegas, Indian Springs, Nevada. So uh, dude's out there from 65 to 67. And uh, he's a um, he work he's does something with weather. He's uh, a weather analysis. Uh, I forgot what his exact title was, but he's the dude out there doing all these weather experiments, uh, 
keeping charts and graphs and crap like that. So he's stationed out there, a weather observer. And uh, during the two years that he's out there, weather observer, 65 to 67. Uh, I think that's Bartles and James' job also. <laughs> weather observer. Just observing the weather. Getting cloudy. Uh-huh. Just checking on time. Clouds are getting cloudier. This dude, Charles Hall. I work for the government. He encountered while well, his two years at Nellis Air Force Base in Vegas, or in Nevada, just outside of Vegas, he encountered a race of tall, white aliens, hundreds of them, tall. which he later dubbed the Tall Whites. The Albanian Olympic basketball team. <laughs> the Tall Whites. They were stationed and working at Nellis, he says, since the 50s. He said the Tall Whites were at Nellis Air Force Base because they struck a deal with the U.S. government back in the 50s where the tall whites would essentially rent out space at Nellis Air Force Base in exchange for uh, providing the U.S. government with alien technologies. Struck a, a deal. Well, he just, yeah, he said uh, that, the, that the tall whites had been, and the way he describes the base, like the outer perimeter of Nellis, or now Creech, is a fairly standard operational Air Force Base, but there's an inner perimeter where the tall whites had their base, and he explained that uh, they just worked out a deal with the U.S. government, Special. said, hey, we're going to rent this space out as kind of an uh, intergalactic, intergalactic pit stop, so to speak, and, and if y'all let us hang out here and have a base here, we'll give y'all some alien technology. Why do they need a s- spot? Maybe they're, you know, traveling around the galaxy. They need to... Uh, that's my question. What are aliens going? <clears throat> like, all right, we're aliens that can travel through galaxies. We also are going to need a condo in Vegas. <laughs> we're also we would also like to spend our winters in Vegas. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, that itself could be a cover for something more. You know, maybe they're like just want to hang out and learn about Earth. But uh, yeah, there's. He says that now he worked with hundreds of these. Tall whites. Now, let me explain to you what these tall whites are all about. Please. All right. Please. Tall whites can grow. Low fat. They can grow up to eight to nine feet tall. It's a flat white. They have a lifespan of seven to eight hundred years. And and by the way, this Charles Hall, I mean, there's there's dozens of interviews where he's given like an hour and a half, two hour speeches. And he talks in such great detail and so casually just the same way you or I might tell a story about our family. Like, just like, why is this? I don't know why this is so fascinating. This is just how it is. And uh, so they can live to seven or 800 years. Now, you get this. He says the first 400 years, they're about uh, five to six feet tall. Then they have a second growth cycle around 400 years. And then you're going to wait 400 years just to go through puberty? Yes. And then once they get to that. 400 years of weird boners. <laughs> 400 years. Of, like, jerking off in the shower. <laughs> in that second growth cycle, that's when they grow to eight to nine feet tall. It says their skin is white as a piece of paper. Their eyes are twice the size of humans. Their eyes are blue when they're young. And as the males grow older, their eyes turn pink. Their hair is platinum blonde, and it grows just like human hair. And he says out here, out there at Nellis, he says there were men, women, and children. It wasn't just like children, tall Four, white, four hundred year old children, tall white soldiers or anything. It, they had family units and uh, just working. And he said it took him six months. Like uh, I, I don't know. He, the way he describes it, 
he wasn't really in a special program. There wasn't any like special classified. It was just like he started working there, and then holy shit. And he says it took him like six months to, to comprehend and grasp that he himself wasn't going crazy. He got a job looking at weather, and mm-hmm. then they just let him hang out with aliens. According to him, yeah. He wasn't in some special program or Aliens anything. that just breathe our air. Yeah. He says they wore form-fitting one-piece jumpsuits that omitted glowing white light, and the suits also allowed the tall whites to levitate. It's crazy shit, man. He said uh, the tall whites occupied the inner perimeter of Nellis, like I said, while the uh, Air Force occupied the outer uh, area. And uh, in the inner perimeter, the tall whites worked on their spacecrafts. They worked on various projects, and they even had recreational areas and living quarters. What were, what did they? He didn't go in. I didn't read the details about. But he's just like. I mean, it's a like a resort for stitching. This is where we play horseshoes. This is where we go backpacking. But he's just like he he, he was describing. It's like just just tall aliens walking around. I love that the uh, website proofofalien.com dot com has an article. It's ten evidences of tall white aliens. In Charles Hall's book. So they've found evidence at proofofalien.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of their proofs is that uh, there's a children's playground at one side of the desert where the kids of the aliens can play. <laughs> That's the proof. Mm-hmm. Of course there's aliens because they made a playground. It's a seesaw. Which would would be disappointing if you're – how tall are they? Uh, eight to nine feet tall. That's, That's, how are you going to use a, your playground equipment? Maybe it's big. What do you use? There's the, a huge seesaw. The rings? Big old monkey Then bars. you got somebody from Hasbro coming out there manufacturing alien-specific playground equipment, and they're keeping a secret. That's the problem. Like, all the stuff that has to go in. <clears throat> Imagine that. Imagine that's your top-secret <coughs> clearance for the Air Force. You did everything, special missions around the world, top-secret flyovers, spying, thermo-imaging of a Russian bases, and what's your biggest secret mission? The f- the alien kids want a swirly slide, but they can't use the regular ones because they're too tall. So you got to make a big swirly slide. We can't have we can't contract on the outside because mm-hmm. they'll spill the beans. <laughs> you're a, you're a top secret engineer. How can they swing? Like, can you make a swing set, but it's tall for the alien kids? <laughs> Dude, uh, my brother was in the Air Force for about 15 years. Did he have to make swing sets for aliens? And I, I texted him today, and I said, hey, man. I said, you don't, you don't have to answer this question. But I was like, yeah, you, you ever come across? And I just I, I said, boogie monster type stuff, because mm-hmm. he listens. He knows what I'm talking about. It's like, you ever come across mm-hmm. any boogie monster type stuff? I'm reading about this Charles Hall who lived with aliens out of Nellis. Yeah. And uh, he's, out of the, he's out of the Air Force now, so I, yeah. I don't know how that works. And I go, I know you probably can't answer that. And he just he, he texted back, wink, wink. Is he a guy that would be a funny guy like that? No, no. <clears throat> oh, so he knows. I think my brother knows some shit. Don't throw him under the bus. You should have said un- un- unidentified source. That's why they're tapping your phones, Dave. Who's tapping my phone? The guy in the fucking tower oh. thing. You think that's what's going on? Although I don't think you have to go to a phone line. Nobody has a phone line anymore. That's true, yeah. They're tapping your. They're tap. They're tapping something. But yeah, I think my brother knows some shit. Anyway, tall whites. I know one of the guys I talked to was in the Navy. He's like, they absolutely shot down Flight ninety three. Really? 
He's like, oh, that was <laughs> yeah, that was a given. They sh- they shot that down because they didn't know where it was going, so they shot it down. Wow. But give people the narrative that you know, heroes, civilian heroes took care of it. Hall said that the tall whites were fearful of humans because even though they were very tall and seemingly physically fit, their bones were very brittle and they were physically weaker than humans. Hall learned that if when tall whites, uh, if a tall white got injured, like during their space travel or while on Earth, that they would have to go back to their home planet to recuperate. Because it takes them like ten times longer. The insurance wouldn't cover them here. <laughs> it takes them ten li- ten times longer to heal up. So if, if oh. like he said, well, it takes you four hundred years just to yeah, get, you know, get armpit hair. So their 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 healing process is ten times longer because uh, and and Hall gives an example of one time he himself like scratched his hand or something working on something. And he and by the way, the way he tells these stories, it really is fascinating because he just tells it like. Like, yeah, well, what's the big deal? There's aliens everywhere where I worked. And he goes – he's telling a story about one time he scratched his – just a real minor scratch on his hand. And some of the aliens like saw it and were like worried about him. And he goes, oh, no, it's fine. And uh, later that day he put some ointment on it or whatever. And the next day it had almost completely healed. And it and the alien – the same aliens like – it apparently blew their mind how quickly he was able to heal because they were like, oh, it takes us ten times longer and we have to go back to our home planet. What is – he works for the Air Force. He did. Yeah, he's he's been retired for quite a while. I just can't get past like, yeah, they just let me hang out. Yeah, I don't Chuck know. Chuck Hall. Um, Paul White's explained to Hall that sometimes, this is interesting, when their crafts would enter our atmosphere from wherever they were coming from. Yeah. They were talking about how the Earth's gravity waves – would cause severe turbulence within their aircrafts, causing uh, the tall whites to sometimes get injured within inside the crafts, like get tossed around. I don't know why they didn't have seatbelts. Mm-hmm. But he says uh, the tall whites explained that the Earth's gravity waves were less intense on full moon nights, on nights when there was a full moon, and that often whenever they wanted to enter, uh, come back down to Nellis, they would do it on uh, full moons. So that's something to start looking for on full moon, seeing if we see. All I'm coming up with with Charles Hall is also that Julia Louis Dreyfus's son is named Charles Hall, and he plays basketball for Northwestern. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. Also, this guy's a uh, yeah. I think that's a different guy. I'm tr- well. Hall said uh, early in his encounters with the tall whites, he said sometimes they would hypnotize him by pointing a small white pen, like an ink pen, at him. And it would hypnotize him, and then he would wake up a couple hours later, losing time, having no idea what happened in those in that time from when he was out. They don't eat meat. This is gross. He says they would carry small bags of what Hall described as mushroom pudding. He would see them carrying and eating little bag. I don't. I don't know what the hell mushroom pudding is. I mean, I could see it being like a nice pot pie. Yeah. Yeah. Cream of mushroom. But he soup. says they, they don't eat meat. They're plant eaters. There's an it's not area. the same guy who designed the waterbed, is it? I don't think <clears> so. Because I could see that being like, oh, the aliens told me about this. That a waterbed would be a thing. If some guys like aliens told me about this, hmm. I'd be like, that? Weird enough. But you ever okay. sleep on a waterbed? Not the same Charles Hall. They were so popular when I was a kid. That was like <clears> a sign of like 
of luxury and affluence if so-and-so had a water bed. Yeah, until one broke and it was a sign of, look who fucked up their whole house because yeah. of a dumb bed. I never I, – I, I like lay down on a few here and there, but I never got the big appeal of a water bed. Yeah, I don't think they're good for you. Yeah. Uh, there's an area of the base called Dogbone Lake. It's a dry lake bed. This is where the tall whites uh, land their spacecraft. This is really funny. You're going to like this. They never have evidence. Get this. He says often the tall whites, they would, he said they were just like humans. They, they would get tired. He said they had a dry sense of humor. But he said they were just like humans uh, in the sense that uh, they had you know, somewhat human emotions, uh, that they liked to have fun. He said often uh, to unwind, this is what they would do. They would put on disguises. Hats, sunglasses, clothes, uh, human clothes, and they'd go to the casinos in Vegas. And CIA members, or not members, handlers would accompany them. So you got these tall whites. CIA, you got a nine-foot alien with some Oakley blades and a Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, no, well, fucking no. Maybe the, maybe the really tall ones they wouldn't let go because I could see how that would be hard to explain to the general public with this. Which ones aren't guy. the really tall ones? Well, called he, tall white. But he says, oh, look at this the, nine foot motherfucker with no sunburn. In the Vegas. ones under 400 years. Once you get to 400 years, that's when they get their second growth spurt. But he says up until that point, they're five to six feet tall. So maybe the five and six feet tall ones. They would go and just blend in. But he said, he said that numerous times, uh, I don't know if Hall himself would accompany them, uh, but he, it was just common knowledge on the base that they love, <laughs> love to go party in Vegas. That All is right. so funny, and I this, can't wait to go people watching next time I'm in this, Vegas. This guy. Uh, well, and Where's one picture? Give me one picture. One, okay, yeah, he doesn't have any pictures. He's got no picture. No, I think he was afraid to photograph him. He's afraid to photograph him. He'll go to fucking Caesar's Palace with him. Mm-hmm. Wearing Hawaiian shirts over their translucent skin. Yeah, but he didn't want, God forbid, we take a picture of him. He tells a story about... Um, he does tell a story. The women were very protective of the children, and that often, uh, more than once in a conversation, the women tall whites, the female tall whites, would ask him, hey, do you realize that we care about our children way more than human mothers care about their children? He said that was a really – he said they were really adamant about proving that point, and he was always like, oh, okay, no one's questioning the love of you have for your child. But uh, that like a lot of conversations would start that way, and that it was taboo to even like touch the children, like even accidentally or in passing that uh, like one time – one of the kids like ran near him and he tried to like maybe touch the kid to like keep him from falling off a, a ledge or something. And, yeah. and one of the, the female tall whites just almost lo- lost her shit and killed him. All right. I mean, and this, I'm just barely scratching the surface. Like there's so many, I mean, literally there's dozens of interviews with him out there and he just, he, I mean, this guy's got just hundreds of stories and anecdotes about these tall whites just living there. I, I mean, I still believe that there is a connection of alien. I think this this guy, if this is more disinformation being put out to try and throw people like me who know that there's something going on with aliens and government. But then you get this guy who, oh, they just let me party with aliens. And aliens love to party. And they got a condo in Vegas. 
Also, not a single picture, not a single bit of proof mm-hmm. other than one guy telling stories. Yeah. I. Now, he says these tall whites are not to be confused with uh, the Nordics or the Palladians. Pleiadians? Yeah. Not, not Pleiadians. Pleiadians. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that soon. I want to talk about them. Right. Uh, they're often confused with the tall whites. I think uh, they're more Nordic and like blonde hair and maybe a little more buff, where uh, these tall whites are just completely white, tall, skinny, mm-hmm. uh, platinum blonde hair. But he says, <laughs> I, th- I, liked, I think it's funny to think about a tall white getting a haircut. He says they, their hair would grow just like humans and they would need haircuts. If all this is like, then how is it not just a version of a human being? Well, that's what I'm going to, that's my, been my thing from the beginning. Maybe Aliens, it's a hybrid. Big head with the eyes. They still got arms and legs. They still got torsos and heads on necks and shit. That's, that's a version of a homo sapien to mm-hmm. me. That is some, you know, advanced version of what we already are. And it's been my feeling from the beginning that there's no aliens, just. Travelers that have returned, ooh, yeah, or <clears throat> travelers, or that <clears throat> the similar development of our planet is occurring on other planets that can support this particular line of evolution mm-hmm. of and you know the, of, of of all the infinite possibilities in the universe that in different stages of development, like right now, somewhere there's a fish crawling out of the ooze for the first time to mm-hmm. walk on land. Mm-hmm. But there's also aliens that can travel through portals mm-hmm. because that's the more advanced version of us. Mm-hmm. We're evolutionarily on a, just a spectrum of everything that's going on. If you got oxygen, nutrients, sunlight, whatever the necessities to create us as we are or variations of that that have created what else is out there. Mm-hmm. That's my stance on it. This guy, like, not a single photo. No picture. No, like, oh, here's my best friends, the aliens. Mm-hmm. You didn't walk out of there with one proof, one strand of hair. They're getting haircuts, and they're just sweeping up alien hair in the alien barbershop? <laughs> that, I'm supposed to believe that? I'm supposed to believe the guy's just in there? Like, what do you want? You want, like, a high fade? What do you want? Keep it long in the back? What Standard? If they, what if they had the... The uh, chart on the wall with the 25 different haircuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. You I'll want, take the number five there. You want to try something different? You want to go for a bold new look for spring? <laughs> what do you want? Or you just want to keep with this Edgar Winter thing you got, you got going on, you and the rest of these <laughs> fucking goofs? That was The Simpsons where they were like, oh, zombies. And then it ran over Edgar Winter. <laughs> Ooh. Remember that one? Yeah, I, I do remember that one, but uh, I didn't think about that. But Edgar Winter and what was it Johnny Winter, his brother? Yeah. Ooh, those guys could have been tall whites. They Maybe some, that's... They were some pasty bastards. Yeah. Albino. Yeah. Albino. Were they technically Last albino? May as well look it up on the information box. But yeah, so that's an interesting theory, what you said about... Uh, I, I, this is a whole other topic. Maybe we'll do this next week or, or soon, but uh, uh, alien-human hybrids. There's some mm-hmm. stories going around. I, I, I read some stuff recently about... Uh, just the concept of like all these aliens uh, might have human DNA. But yeah, there's so many different that's types. That's what I think it is. The Ple- Pleiadians, the tall whites, you got the reptilians, you got the greys. We talked about the. Uh, who else we talked about? The, the, the Zeta Reticulans, those guys. Oh, which ones were those? They're, they're like the greys, but a little different. 
I can't keep track. Yeah, it's of hard to keep shit. track of all these guys. But are we gonna go to? Did we miss that alien con? I think we even? did. But just this concept has always fascinated me. The concept that, like, we always no, think of aliens. We think of aliens. We think of like the Greys, and we think of ET, and we think of you know UFOs. But like the concept of aliens walking among us, looking very similar to humans. I mean, all right, that uh, that classic video when we're talking about the Men in Black, that mm-hmm. video, the surveillance uh, hotel surveillance video of the the two. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those could be some tall whites. Those are some tall white pasty bastards. I'll look that one up again. Men in Black hotel lobby. Let me see. Let me see these guys again. Yeah. Let me get a beat. To on recount these. that story. These two men in black, tall, skinny, identical-looking white weirdos. This was after a UFO sighting in yep. Niagara Falls, Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, the managers, the one that was talking to the newspaper or, or some news outlet about this UFO sighting, a couple days later, these two dudes come in asking for the manager. He wasn't there that day, but uh, his employees were freaked the hell out. And they told him that these two tall, weird white guys were coming in looking for him. And sure mm-hmm. enough, he gets on the surveillance camera, rewinds it to yesterday, boom. There's that video. I'm looking at I mean, they're tall, but they're not beyond average tall. Oh, I think they're way beyond average. They look... Well, they got other people walking around in this video. They're maybe... I mean, they're tall, they're but tall. they're not yeah. eight feet tall. They're not ducking to get through the doorway. They're pretty tall, though. They, they could... could they, honestly... They, they could quite... They, they haven't reached their full years. Enough, these guys could be Hasidic Jews. You can't... You can't... You, <laughs> I mean, I can't see the curls coming out of the hats, but that could be. <clears throat> Have we explored that? That the men in black just dressed exactly like Hasidic Jews? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, all right. But yeah, got, dude, wrote more- four books. I uh, I tried to find them. Uh, the, the two bookstores I went into last week didn't have them. And uh, can't charged, believe he's not thirty-five uh, bucks a book. By flying the off the shelves. And uh, from I've read millennial. What's it called? Millennial hospitality. Millennial hospitality series. Sure. I've read reviews of them that talk about how they're very poorly written. Yeah. And but they were using that as like, well, this could be true because they're they're poorly written. He's clearly not writing these books for. Uh, it's it's believed that like, he's not doing this for fame or money. <clears throat> it's just like an average. He's just a dude who's got these stories about these aliens. Or maybe he's crazy and also doesn't know how to write. Like like that. <laughs> Like, oh, he's got to be doing it for information because the books suck. Mm-hmm. Or you're like, who kept sending us all that shit? All those self-published books? <laughs> I don't throw them under the bus. All right. We won't throw them. <laughs> but like so much self-published stuff. Like, look at this evidence. And uh-huh. it was like a blown up, pixelated picture <laughs> of a symbol on a... Like, <clears throat> this is... There's not a lot of vetting process. No, there's zero process. vetting. There's zero vetting. <laughs> Anytime you hear the word self-published, yeah. back away. Mm-hmm. You mean you couldn't even get one other person in this world to be like, yeah, I'm on your side. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. Pretty fascinating. Well, it's just too... Self-published is the open mic of the literary world. Yeah. But just the concept of like... What if this guy's not lying? Like, what if... Well, what if none of these people are lying? Well, then the problem yeah, is, give me some fucking proof. Yeah, I, I get that. <clears throat> Stop just coming out of the woodwork going, I uh, work... For, I, was, uh, in, I was top secret physic 
uh, nuclear physicist. And uh, when I went to the base, they let me hang out with aliens for many years. And here's my detailed account that can't be backed up by anybody. And also, I have no proof. And I get that. But things happen to us every day that we can't prove. I can't prove the story I just told you about the guy climbing up in the pole. That happened. Can I prove it? No. But I'm not lying. But it also has elements of the real world. The pole's real. Uh People are real. People that can climb up those poles are real. Mm Mm-hmm. You could have taken your phone out and taken a picture. You could have confronted that guy. Mm-hmm. But no, you, I, you didn't tell me. I get the desire for proof, but like just mm-hmm. because there's no proof, I'm not going to automatically discount it. Okay, but I'm get like every story has no proof. Mm-hmm. I need some proof, which is when we watched that Mirage Men mm-hmm. about how they would discredit everything. Like take somebody that believes in it and then even push them further. Like, yeah, it is real. Yeah, it is real. To give them even more fuel that if they are unhinged, make them push them to be even crazier. So that discredits what they did see as truth. You fed them even more information just to make them sound even crazier because mm-hmm. the truth is crazy. Yeah. Or discredit because they are on the other... You know, the guy that like, kept seeing top secret stuff happening at the base, they mm-hmm. totally thought it was aliens. Like, it is aliens. Because mm-hmm. at least this guy screaming about aliens took the heat off of them doing top secret military testing. Yeah, yeah. So if this nutcase did see something, but really it's just genetic testing on human beings, please go out there and tell people it's aliens and also keep up with your horrible uh, literary career because that <laughs> helps us even more when actually all we're doing is just – these are the first human clones that went real wrong. This is the first crop of super soldiers that are actually have the most fragile bones in the world. They can't be out in the sunlight and they eat mush. You know, we, <laughs> we had a shit batch of super soldiers. <laughs> and he says uh, later in their lives, when they get to be eight, nine, sometimes 10 feet tall, mm-hmm. he goes, they, uh, they get really sickly because uh, their bones and their skeleton continue to grow, but their organs stay the same size, their internal organs. Therefore, that causes some sort of uh, weird... How does he know... How do you know what happens to somebody, like, over 900 years? I mean, I think... This is some Methuselah shit. Well, they were telling him. They told him all these stories. Like, he became real chummy with them. They told him. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, when I turn uh, 700 years old... uh, My bladder is about six feet long. <clears throat> so it just stretches with my body, very thin. <clears throat> this is fascinating. I know it's just this dude. No, and he's I, got no proof. Yeah, but I want proof. What, what if he just 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 humor me? What if he's telling humor the truth? you? This fucking what show if, should be called Humor Dave. What if he's telling the truth? Then, if, if this uh, is real, this is the most fascinating story I've ever heard. If all of these are. If they're telling the truth. Yeah, but I'm saying, all right, okay, I'll admit, the Boyd Bushman thing, he heard – that was him telling a you sold third me. hand – that's third one. hand account. Yeah, this, this is, is first, first hand. hand bullshit from <laughs> this fucking guy. This is, at least this is the guy making up the lies, not the guy oh, eavesdropping on somebody else making up the lies. If it's true, delightful. Why would he I make think, this up? Because he's – Fucking, why does anybody make any of it up? But yeah, it's, people are crazy. It's one thing to be like, yeah, I've seen a UFO when you didn't, or maybe you saw something else. This guy's got hundreds of stories, in, incredible details. He's, like, a, he's got, if this is, if it's bullshit, he's a world class psychopath to make up all these details. They're out. I mean, 
they're out there. Just we just saw Ted Kaczynski. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. If you're smart and then you throw crazy on top of smart, that's dangerous. Yeah. If you're crazy and dumb, yeah, you're just out there getting in bar fights. You know, trying to fight, trying to fight traffic. But if you're crazy and you got intelligence behind it, yeah. that's when you think you got to take out society from the inside by pinpointing enemies. I think this guy. I think this guy stumbled on. I mean, maybe hybrid, maybe alien human hybrid stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe because Vegas is the epicenter, all the shit that happens in Roswell and all the stuff that mm-hmm. crashes, whatever they're testing out there. I think. I think. I still think that if. Knowing that we can clone somebody's pets, you know that the government is out there fucking around with human DNA. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and if, if these fucked up pseudo-human th- creatures are like, you know what, Chuck, Chuck's our weather guy. Chuck's the Navy weatherman. Just tell him, tell him like you're sick. Make up some bullshit for this guy because he <laughs> snoops around, but he's harmless. <laughs> They now there are no photos, but there are some like composite sketch drawings. Oh fucking no! Look like, <laughs> look like Tilda Swinton. Yeah, they all do. They all do all the time. <laughs> I Which is that's man. not a knock on Tilda Swinton. No, she's a she's handsome cute. gal. She is. She's cute. She's a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. She might be an alien. She might be an alien. Mm-hmm. That's bigger proof. If some if somebody's like you know Tilda Swinton, she's an alien. I'll follow that lead. Mm-hmm. She morphs into those roles so seamlessly. We got to go to Vegas and just hang out and people watch. Yeah, well, we got to do a lot of shit. Says they love to go to Vegas. I, I, you know what? I don't mind. I, best spot in Vegas is the balcony at Margaritaville. Oh, yeah? Because Margaritaville's not cool enough for the young kids, so mm-hmm. you get, usually get some elbow room. Okay. You get a nice margarita and just sit out there, watch the goofballs, walk up and down the strip. That's my spot. Mm-hmm. Used to be O'Shea's, but they kind of fucked up O'Shea's. Hmm. It was like a real dump in the middle of the strip, and then like, they, they kind of cleaned it up. I like Old Vegas. Old Vegas is fun. That's fun. Yeah. Isn't that where uh, you hear about our buddy? I, I, I won't say his name because he may not want people knowing this. But we got a friend who was in Vegas. Oh, Androsky? Yeah. Yeah, no, he told everybody. Oh, he told everybody? Yeah, he fucking won. Yeah, Josh Androsky won a million bucks on a uh, the Big Bang Theory slot machine. Big that you Bang know he was playing ironically. One point two million. Yeah, and it was like they were leaving. They were like, "Come on, it's time to go." He was like, "One more." I just oh, yeah. ooh, let me go hit that machine real quick. And like, not like he was sitting there feeding quarters into yeah. it all day. Like it was like a passing thing. And oops, he won one. And then using the money to run for sheriff. <laughs> and anybody that doesn't know who Josh Androsky is, find the viral YouTube video of. Guy on mushrooms at Price is Right, and yeah. that's our pal. <laughs> no, I think he, he was open about it. Mm-hmm. I just love that that's the same guy. <clears throat> yeah. Like that in this world, that's that's proof. <laughs> you know the guy that took mushrooms and wound up on Price is Right, won a million bucks in Vegas and ran for sheriff with the money? That's <laughs> I'm so happy to be able to not only say that sentence as factual, but also know the guy involved with yeah. it. Yeah. Great to like, do too. Like, thank God you are looking at this world <laughs> for the game show that it is, mm-hmm. and and playing it in the right way. Yeah, right on, man. That's a guy. That's a guy that's going through this world the right way. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a good spirit. Uh, man. Yeah, yeah. He's a, yeah. He's one of the, he's one of the good ones out there. If somebody's like Josh Androsky's an alien, I believe that more than this <laughs> fucking thing bat coming out of fucking Area Fifty One's. Uh, 
you know, Lance Mountain or Johnny Mountain, whichever – what's the weatherman's name? <laughs> Dallas Reigns. we got Dallas Reigns and Johnny Mountain out here in L.A. <laughs> I was going to say Chuck Gowdy. I was going to go with a deep – I was going to go with a deep Chicago cut. For oh, weatherman. yeah? We got the – Area 51's Chuck Gowdy out here with the five-day forecast. <laughs> Thursday, chance of showers. Also, uh, uh, tall whites roaming the, the desert scape. Whatever. Alien cons in June. We could still go to that. If you want to get a single-day pass. I don't know if I could deal with three days of these where's it? fucking thing. Bags. Where's it at? Pasadena? Pasadena. Oh, let's do it. Pasadena's close. I we love go. Pasadena. You guys, lay good. Know this, Patreon members, that your money's going to go to Dave and I trying to get kicked out of AlienCon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, yeah. So I don't know what I can do to convince you that uh, Charles Hall is legit. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to discourage you from coming in here with this stuff. Uh huh. But I would just love just, just a piece of hair. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I would love it too. You got a whole alien barber shop. Mm hmm. You got a fucking just extraterrestrial great clips there, and you can't get one little clipping. That's what I say. It's so funny thinking about an alien sitting there with a schmock. Smock? Schmock? Yeah, it's not a schmock. It's smock. Smock, yeah. And uh, getting a little powder on the neck. Tell of the guy. Yeah, just a little off the top. Keep the sides tight. It's the comb in the blue water. Just drinking the blue water. Who's my favorite? It's an old Seinfeld joke. That's it. The barbicide. Like, what is barbicide? Oh, I think they drink it and they kill themselves. <laughs> All a, right. It's an excellent impersonation. Yeah, I do a good. Let's see if old Linda Moulton Howe is playing at. Uh, oh, is she going to be there? Yep, she's there. This picture is not doing her justice. Linda Moulton. Rami Romani. We got a first time alien con guest. Rami Romani. Guy named Robert Clotworthy. You gotta be fucking kidding me with these guys. I got a recipe. You wanna hear my recipe? Yeah. Pulled this one out of my ass the other night. And well, it was good. <laughs> Tried my hand at making uh, elote. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Oh. Mexican they- street corn. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Made yeah, some yeah. homemade Mexican street corn the other day. The, the, all right, <clears throat> moved in with a lady, wonderful lady. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna expect some new recipes. Get along here. great, great gal. One no. problem, one problem. Will not eat mayonnaise. Well, it's nothing to do with mayonnaise. <clears throat> Even though she loves my homemade ranch dressing, she's not black. Which is which is half half mayonnaise. Anyway, so. Mexican street corn, elote, you're going to use some mayonnaise in there. I substituted mayonnaise for sour cream. So this is what I did. Okay. Ralph's right now, I guess it's corn season. <laughs> I guess it's corn season. Four, <laughs> four ears of corn for a dollar. Four for a buck. Good corn? That's almost 25 cents an, an ear. S- sweet corn? Um, I don't know if it's sweet. It's just, just corn corn. Okay, sure. Uh, but fresh corn in the husk on yeah. the cob. Four for a buck. Got me, got me a buck's worth of that. Brought it home. Uh, first thing he did, you know, you peel all the husk mm. and all that shit off. <clears throat> Shut Rinse it. that off. Uh, boil it in water for about 10 minutes mm. with a little white sugar, a little lemon juice. Yep. Big boiling pot of water. Throw the corn in there. Tablespoon of sugar. Couple squirts of lemon juice. Boom. Let that sit for, uh, let that cook for 10 minutes. Pull it out. Let it cool. I then shaved it off the cob with a knife. 
Got a whole big mess of corn here, right? Took a red bell pepper and an onion, diced that up real fine. Ooh, put that, put this. that with the corn, and a uh, couple cloves of fresh garlic. All right, mm-hmm. you take all that shit. You, you hold the garlic like with any garlic. Hold the garlic till the end because it burns quicker. You put it yeah. in last. But I took the corn, the onion, the red bell pepper, threw all that shit in my cast iron skillet, shook it all about. Let that uh, let that stir around for about ten minutes. That's what get, it's all about. Get a nice little char on that. Uh, towards the end, last couple minutes, throw in the minced garlic. Then I take all that shit out, throw it in a big old bowl, and I took a couple glops of uh, sour cream, uh-huh. threw that shit in there. Then uh, supposed to have some sort of uh, what do they call that? Conjita, uh, conjata cheese, uh, some sort of cotilla. Cotilla. Yeah, didn't have any of that. The little white crumbly cheese that's on authentic Mexican food didn't have any of that. You know what I did have? I had some string cheese. <laughs> so I took a couple of string cheeses. And Wildly I, different. And I grated it into the bowl. Mm-hmm. So I got really finely grated string cheese in there. Threw in some salt, String pepper. cheese is mozzarella. Yeah, most times. Sometimes Monterey Jack, but yeah. Okay. You, uh, chili, pa- uh, chili pepper. Not ch- chili powder. Mm-hmm. Chili powder, black pepper, salt, and uh, cheese, sour cream, corn, peppers, onions. Mix all that shit together. Delightful. Absolutely delightful dish. Because I thought you were going like on the cob when they do the mayonnaise and the the chili powder and all the seasonings. I wanted to do. I, I like, but that. the mayonnaise throws her off. The mayonnaise huh? too much, and and I, I like corn on the cob. But uh, man, something about eating fresh corn on the cob that has been off the cob, you know, as opposed to like a can of niblet corn, but like fresh corn on the cob that you then shave off. Oh boy, big fan. Yeah, because yeah. you get those big chunks you know, oh yeah like not, a row of them yeah the like row, row get the them. big yeah. big row i love that where you're like oh look it's 20 and one i but, uh, yeah I do, I do love a corn on the cob mm-hmm. murder on the teeth yeah murder on the teeth, especially and with the beard gotta have a bath you gotta take a shower after but that's like when i'm like all right and when you tell people around you're like don't look at me yeah <laughs> when you can eat, you know it's something i gotta eat in private yeah yeah. But I love just mowing down at some corn on oh, the cob. Oh, I do love, yeah. Grilled corn on the cob. Or- but that sounds, that elote sounds, that sounds Dude, corn. it was great. Yeah, just corn on the cob, shave it off, uh, chop up a red pepper, some onions, some garlic, throw all, get that charred up for about 10 minutes in the cast iron skillet, throw in a bowl, add some whatever kind of cheese you want. Uh, if you don't have any uh, string cheese handy, you can use the uh, the other type. And, uh, you know, typically you'd put mayonnaise in there, but sour cream makes a good substitute. And uh, chili powder, salt and pepper, and you are good to go. Maybe, you know, throw a little smoked paprika in there if you want, whatever. Uh, if you have some fresh cilantro, some fresh green onions, chives, you can throw that in there. Mm. But, yeah, good times. Big old, big old bowl of creamy-ass corn. That seems like a good summertime dish, too. Yeah, it was fun. I had a good big time Big summertime with it. picnic dish. Mm-hmm. Out there, like, next to a cucumber salad. Yeah. I can love a cucumber salad. I do, too. I can make a cucumber salad. Yeah. Cucumbers, onions. Yeah, there you go. Whatever the fuck else you want to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, buddy. So there right. we go, man. That's your uh, that's your uh, recipe. We want to give a shout out to our buddy. He's got a book out today, even though yeah. it's just Comic of the Week. It's just Comic of the Week, but old Adam Kane Holland is on the yeah. hustle right now. Double down on him. Yeah, he's got a book out called Tragedy Plus Time, a tragic comic memoir. It is a uh, it's a heavier. I haven't read it yet, but I know what it's about. It's a heavier read. It's about uh, it's about a relationship with his sister. It's kind of a tragic end. It kind of is a tragic end with his sister, but it's his relationship there, and that just came out. And he's uh, he's always he's come from the journalistic end. You know, I, he he was in he was one of the creators of those who can't that I was in. Uh, funny stand up, uh, funny actor, but also came from a world of journalism. And so I think this is probably you know in right in his. 
his vein is to write a book, and I'm assuming it's going to be heartfelt, and it might uh, probably get a probably going to rough you up emotionally. So know that, but also know he's a fantastic writer. So you should check that out. I think it's good for pre-order right now. So go check that out for yeah. my buddy, old ACH out there. Good job, man. What else we got? We want um, to, you want to plug anything? You want to tell people? Eh, what do we got to plug? Sorry, it was late again. Yeah, I always tell people I, to blame you. I it was my fault. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I I was busy. What you got to plug? Where are you going? You going to Australia? I'll be in Australia. Just just going to Australia. No big deal. I mean, if you put my name in in Australia, wherever I'm going to be is I don't even know where I'm going to be. You doing the festival down there? Yeah, Melbourne Comedy Festival, then Sydney Comedy Festival, then a night in Brisbane. Fuck it, don't even see me. Sean Patton's down there, and oh, he's still he my there? favorite comic. So go see Sean Patton. If you're in Australia, it'd be nice if you came. I'd, I'd love it if you came to see me. Mm-hmm. But don't miss a chance to see Sean Patton. Sean might be the best comic there is. I think he's he's is. He's definitely up there. Yeah, that, and it's something to see live, too. I don't think he's got a lot of documented work out there. But yeah. you see him live, and it's so in the moment. And so, But not even just like it's improv. It's like he's improving with himself. It's just his own mind is like... Oh yeah, I want to talk about this now. Oh, this leads me to, and it's just, I just, oh god, what a good, another good one, another good guy. I described him to a friend uh, one time. They're like, "Well, what's?" That? I said, "He's equal parts Canaan and Scoville." I think he's got you know like oh. your storytelling chops and stand up chops, but he's also got a, a big dose of Rory's comedy super soldier, Rory's spontaneity and improv skills, and mm-hmm. just you know uh, the he rolls with it very the easily. Unpredictableness, of, yeah. yeah, just I mean. <laughs> One of the most entertaining comics I've ever seen. Yeah. Great dude, too. Sean Patton. What you got? Uh, nothing of any. I had some random spots in town that, you know. Dave's got spots in town. Spots in town that maybe, probably not worth coming out to see. But uh. Don't see Dave. Well, he does spots in town. We're uh, Let's go ahead and plug uh, our little run coming up uh, in a few weeks. Uh, where are we going to be? We're going to be in the Pacific Northwest. We're doing Dave. Seattle, uh, Bellingham, Washington. Tacoma, Washington, and Arcata, Spoke, California. Spokane. We're in Spokane. Uh, Spoke, what did I say? Tacoma? I oh, Tacoma. Spokane. Yeah, Spokane. Yeah. Spokane, and not Arcata. Tacoma. going to be out there fucking around. Yeah, May 8th, Neptune Theater in Seattle, and then what, the, the, that whole weekend? Bellingham is the 9th, Spokane Comedy Club, 10th, 11th, 12th, Arcata on the 14th. Yeah, should be a good time. We going to be around up there. All right. We have to uh, set aside a day to go squatching. We, oh, you always... ABS. Always be squatching. Always be squatching. Uh, uh, sincere, heartfelt thank you, patrons. You, you got this idiot uh, uh, out of the outdoors. So Now thank you're you so responsible for Dave. Mm-hmm. It's on your conscience. Also, I think I want to go back to college, so uh, maybe we can Let's uh, make it $5 five, a month. Five bucks a month. Send, send him to school. <laughs> Give Dave, let's get Dave that HVAC degree he's been so desperately hunting for all these years. All right, holla at you boys. Yep. The Boogie Monster. 